Good morning and welcome to our service this morning. We are glad that you could be here with us. We're going to open up uh, by standing and we're going to sing a song, just a chorus, freely, freely. God forgave my sin, in Jesus' name. I've been born again, in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I come to you to share his love as he told me to. He said freely, freely you have received freely freely give go in my name and because you believe others will know that i live all power is given in Jesus' name, in earth and heaven, in Jesus' name, and in Jesus' name, I come to you to share his power as he told me to. He said freely, freely, you have received freely, freely give. Go in my name and because you believe, others will know that I live. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given to us. Thank you for the, the great day that we can come and we can worship you in your house. We pray that you'd uh, be honored and glorified by all that we do here today. We pray that you give the words to Pastor to speak. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Just a few announcements to you this morning. And as soon as the announcements are done, young people, you can head straight downstairs to Sunday school. I hope that you're... Uh, got plans for tomorrow and have a great time day off a little bit of rest and uh, refocus and enjoy yourselves and and put the Lord first maybe a little extra time in prayer and Bible reading this week as you have tomorrow off okay just a few announcements the regular announcements is Thursday at 7 p.m. we'll be studying the book of Micah the book of Micah will be this Thursday night's time of study learning about the various prophets in the scripture and uh, then we'll have prayer time because the church that prays together stays together. Let me encourage you. Let's fill the building. Hey, guess what? We can have this many people in Thursday night prayer meetings. So you come on out and we'll have us a good time of prayer and worshiping the Lord together in prayer. Asking and seeking and knocking as a church family. All right. Here's a big announcement. This is really important. So put your, uh, open your ears. Pull the stops out. Here we go. This is important. Next Sunday, I've been talking to several, several different people. Uh, next Sunday, uh, we're going to move church from 9 to 930. So you get a whole 30 minutes to do your hair, 
to sleep in, to have an extra cup of coffee, to put your makeup on, whatever it is you got to do, you got a whole extra 30 minutes. That's right. Amen. There we go. I tell you, I've got to fix this mop. The truth is, it's, it's really all about my hair, right? It's going to, I need that extra 30 minutes to do my hair. So church is at 930. And again, the reason we had church at 9 for the last, I don't know, whatever it was, four, five, six months, whatever it was, because we're outside. And 9 a.m. is very quiet on Portage Ave. There's nothing I'd hate to have more than cars rushing by during the preaching of the Bible. So, all right, so we'll have church starting next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Let's say that together, 9.30 a.m. Say it, 9.30 a.m. Promise you, I promise you, somebody will call me this week and say, now, Pastor, what time is church again this Sunday? <laughs> 9.30 a.m. All right. Next Sunday, next Sunday night, August the 8th, next Sunday night, we're going to have a men's preaching session here. The sermon will be online, but it'll be for uh, young men of 12 years old and older. 6 p.m. next Sunday night, 12 years old and older. Every man in the room, that how many of you are over 12 right now? Right now, raise your hand. You're a male and you're over 12. If you don't raise your hands, you have uh, interesting, uh, interesting. Uh, what are you doing up here? Why aren't you in the nursery? Put your hands up. You're over 12. If you're a male and you're over 12, you're a man, you're over 12. Put your hands up. Okay, I'll see you guys Sunday night, 6 p.m. unless you're working or the rapture happens. All right, so Sunday night, 6 p.m. We have a men's meeting. And there's something I can't announce about it yet because I'm not sure if the person can be here for it yet. So uh, we're hoping to, uh, to talk about a few things and... Uh, but I will let you know, we're definitely going to have a men's uh, preaching session. I'll be preaching to our men, 12 years old and older. If you're 11 years old, you cannot come, so you have to be 12 and up. All right, last week's offering, $4,911. Great uh, offering. Thank you for giving to the Lord. And if you'd like to give e-transfer, of course, it's give at BBC Victory. All right, please pray for Mrs. Susan Martins. She is still in hospital. She was doing well. She had a little bit of a relapse again. So let's pray for her. Henry called me last night. Keep praying for Dave and Sheila Spaulding. Also, uh, just continue to uplift and uphold them in prayer. And we have several guests. We'll welcome all our guests during the main service. All right, young people, head on downstairs to teen class. And we're going to get ready for uh, adult Sunday school after Jason comes and leads us in one more song. I think it's already up on there, yeah. All right. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us. And now let the weak say, I am strong. 
because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Amen. Jason. All right. I'm going to need some help from Lowell and uh, Buford to come on out and pass out some books. Just another announcement that I need to tack on. August the 16th through the 20th, we'll have day camp. August the 16th through the 20th, we'll be Victory Baptist Church day camp. 10 a.m. to 12 noon, uh, ages 5 to 12 years old may come. Uh, must be 5 years old by August 2021 to attend Victory Baptist day camp. The theme will be the Missions Commission. So if you have, uh, you need to see uh, Denise uh, or Millicent to sign up, make sure that you sign up because there is very restricted spaces. Limited is 25 children for day camp. So you need to see Denise or Millicent about that. All right, this morning we are going to look into a little bit of a, a subject that's very familiar to most of you. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, just kind of for the sake of time, forego a couple things, but... Uh, the mission of it, everything should have a mission. Everything in life has a mission. And God gave the church with a mission. And the mission was to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, everyone, everywhere, preach the gospel. And we were to give the mission commission and then we're to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. But that third part is the part that a lot of people neglect. It is the idea of teaching them who's the them the saved and baptized people teaching them to observe all things whatsoever i command you and that is where we as 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 in my opinion as conservative bible believing churches over the decades have missed we have missed the teaching them we preach and we are known for our preaching we teach the bible and we're good at the content uh, sometimes some of us are, are, I mean pastors, are good at motivation and organization and administration, etc. Some are not. But we miss discipleship. Discipleship is not Sunday school. One more time. Discipleship is not Sunday school. That's the teaching, but that's not what discipleship is. I wish that somebody had discipled me when I first got saved. So the book we're going to look at, that some of you have already been through it. I've been through it all through the teenagers. We started to do this. COVID ruined everything. And so we're going to go through this. Do we have enough for everyone? Buford, do we have enough for everyone? There's a few more left. Okay. Anyone need a book? Okay. Anyone? Okay. Okay. And so we're going to go through this today. But remember this, if you've been saved for a while, if you have been saved for a while, I'm not walking you through this book because you need to go through this book. Pay attention. This is the important part for you who have been saved for a while. I'm walking you through this book so that you can sit down with someone else and walk through this book. Does that make sense? Now, someone like, I'll pick Doug. Doug just recently was saved just a few months ago, right? Different mode of operation, okay? He needs to go through this book. Kristen hasn't been saved that long. She needs to go through this book. Adrian, let's make sure, uh, Lowell, let's get this in Adrian's hands right now, okay? She needs to go through this book. Eric just got saved. He needs to go through this book. But the rest of us need to learn to teach this material. Remember, discipleship is not the little book in your hand. But this is the guardrails so that you can walk someone else through. 
we often think it's the pastor's full responsibility to feed everyone, to teach everyone, but really the pastor's job is to feed you and to teach you to teach other people. How many understand that? All right, let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the moments that we have. We pray that you'd teach us, Lord. We pray you'd help us. Help us to help other people outside this church today. Help us to teach other people. Help us to be faithful and true. In Jesus' name, amen. Boy, I tell you, my plan is that someday on midweek service, we'll have people downstairs going one-on-one through these booklets and then coming up into the auditorium as new people come in. So discipleship is an imperative part of Christian growth. Uh, Let's go ahead and turn inside the book this morning. I started teaching these a while ago, so it may be old to some of you, but we'll begin. Remember, this is about you teaching other people. I'm teaching you to teach through a simple book. All right, have those mics ready, guy, okay? Placing your trust in Jesus Christ as your personal savior is life's most important decision. However, not clearly understanding what happened when you trusted Christ may hinder your spiritual growth. Let's take a look at God's word to make certain we know why we need salvation and how God provided salvation for us through his son Jesus Christ okay so we're going to take some time to look at why why do we need salvation oh what a wonderful wonderful day day I will never forget after from darkness I wandered away Jesus my savior I met oh what a tender compassionate friend he met the needs of my heart and so everything is geared towards the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ and our salvation number one why do we need salvation? Let's turn our Bibles to Romans 3.23. And again, this is basic material, but it's about you communicating truth to other people. Hey, you don't have to do this in church. You could sit and do this at home with your friend. You could do this at your kitchen table with a cup of coffee. It is that good. Now, uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Let me get someone with a mic, guys. Uh, Who will read Romans 3.23 out loud? Just need someone to volunteer to read this morning. Interactive with the mic. Can I get someone to read Romans chapter 3? All right, right here. Romans chapter 3, verse number 23. Ruth's going to get it. Okay. Just give it a second. They'll get the mic on. Try again. Try. There we go. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Remember, picture yourself sharing this with someone. Because all have sinned. You need to express to people that they are lost. They have no hope. There is a hell awaiting them. But you don't say it like you're preaching a sermon. You share with them from the word of God. And you say, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're all contaminated with the cancer of sin on our souls. And you transfer that truth to them and make it clear to them that they're lost. All right? Somebody else to read Romans 5.12 right in the book on the page. Somebody else to read that real quick. Volunteer, just raise your hand. Raise your hand. I know it's been a while since we've done Sunday school. Anyone to read? Okay. Anyone? Okay. Joy will do that over here. Let's go, guys. Okay. You take that half and you take that half from now on. You guys split that way. Okay. Joy, 5.12 is right in the book when you're ready. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all, for that all have sinned. So, wherefore, as by one man, okay, say it out loud, everyone, who's the one man? 
One more time, who's the one man? Adam. He passed it on. Oh, you look at the baby and say, she looks just like her mommy. He looks just like his daddy. They have their, their, their grandfather's curly hair. They have their grandmother's uh, tall frame, what have you. But reality is, and spiritually, all men have received spiritual damnation and sin through Adam. And it's important that we learn that. Look at your book. The one man spoken of in this verse is Adam. Due to Adam's sin, we have been alienated from God. As a result, we have inherited a sin nature. We sin by nature and by choice and are in trouble with a holy God. You need to get people, before you get them saved, you gotta get them lost. You might wanna write that down. Before you get them saved, you gotta get them lost. No conviction, no conversion. No remorse and repentance, no rebirth. These things have to be a part of it. Yeah, you want to go to heaven? Yeah. You want to ask Jesus in your heart? Yeah. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. Amen. That's not how it works. A person has to come to the point where they see themselves standing before God Almighty, the judge in their heart, and they see the gavel fall and go, thud, guilty as charged. The penalty is eternal death forever in hell. How many understand that you needed to be convicted when you, when you were, got saved? Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Listen, I don't think you have to be shaking and teary-eyed, but you need to know that you are headed face first straight into hell eternally when you get saved. Now, my personal practice is I make sure people understand when they get saved that they're not just inviting the Lord into their life. The Lord's already everywhere at this point every moment of every place at every time of every second i'm asking him to save my soul you see it's important now watch it i'm not talking to you i'm trying to get you to become a teacher you see that a discipler so that you can say write little notes down write these things down if they click and resonate with you all right um let's look why do we need salvation because we are guilty of sin too many times people just say the words and they don't mean it in their heart, and sometimes they don't get saved. And again, let me say this. If you'd watched when I got saved, you said that kid did not get saved. All I did was, here, take my hand. No, don't, we can't, we can't, never mind. I took the man's hand, he said, pray after me. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner, I know I'm a sinner. Mama would hell, Mama would hell. But Jesus saved my soul, saved my soul. And that was it, in Jesus' name, amen. And I, I knew inside I was guilty. But you wouldn't have saw the tears. There were no tears. There was no shaking. But I knew I was on my way to hell. And so know how to tell someone that. Know how to show that story to someone else. It's important that we become a soul winning, getting people saved church, and a getting people baptized church, and a teaching people church, and then also a discipling one-on-one -on -one church. The only people that I'm sure of were discipled are you two, as far as I know. You guys went through A to Z, right? You did that years ago. In BC, they went through A to Z. It's another sermon for another day. Anyone else actually went through some discipleship program when you first got saved besides the balls? Yes, that's right. You've Who was the lady that went through with that? And that was uh, uh, Mrs. Atkins. Okay, all right. Who, who else went through discipleship? Who'd you go through with? Okay, all right. Anyone else go through some formal discipleship? Yeah, Who'd you, who did you go through? 
Philippines? Well, that's where. Well, who are you with? Your pastor. Okay. Did he have like a little curriculum or a little booklet or something or a plan? Okay. All right. There's some structure. Yeah. Navigators is an, and the, you see, we all preached, Sam, we all preached against the Navigators curriculum back in the, liberals, neo-evangelicals, heretics, blah, 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 blah. and you know what? And all we ever heard was go soul winning and come to church and tithe. You need those things, but you need that other stuff to root and ground and stabilize. And that's what the struck, that was the strength of the Navigators that we missed out on. It was a great material. But these booklets are good little booklets that you can do with your friend if you're willing to do that. There's no life like a soul winning life and there's no life like a discipler's life. All right, let's look at this. Number two, because of the penalty of Adam's sin. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 22 in your booklet. For as in Adam all die and you explain that somebody on this side explain what does it mean for the wages in his death and for as in adam all die somebody pop your hand if you were going to explain that to someone as if you were teaching it to them somebody on this side of the room for as in adam all die and for the am i making the question clear i want to do it can you do would you do it for me daryl you think you could do it come on let's have a mic up here buford come on over here so like if you were trying to teach me as a lost person or a brand spanking new christian how would you explain those two phrases for as in adam all die and for the wages of sin is death okay first first of all i'd be asking um what does wages mean to you okay a wage okay when i think of a wage i think of my paycheck okay so if i'm a business owner and you're working for me okay you're you're, you're going i'm getting a paycheck but it's the cost i pay you cost me to have you as an employee so it's costing us all okay the wages of sin when we sin the the cost of it is death so the paycheck for sin is death death okay that's perfect that's all you need see you, you just visualize yourself doing this with someone that needs to hear the message from you uh look at the notes at the bottom there death is the penalty for sin death is not annihilation one more time Death is not annihilation. So what is an, it? Is sep, uh, it is separation. Death is not annihilation. It is separation, not annihilation. Physical death is separation of the soul from the body. Now let me explain to you what annihilation is. Some of you may not know that word. I won't ask you to raise your hands. But the word annihilation is the idea, we all understand the body goes in the ground at burial. The soul leaves the body. And the Jehovah Witnesses and other people teach when the body goes in the ground and the soul leaves the body, the soul is obliterated. You don't exist. Hey, if that's it, if that was, if that was true, we might as well rob banks and we might as well live it up and we might as well lie, cheat, and steal and do whatever we want because we don't exist. There's no, there's no guilt there's no prison at the end of time. There's no punishment in annihilation. Listen to me. It's important when you teach someone, annihilation is not true. You will live in heaven forever, or they will live in death and in hell, tumbling in the flames of fire forever. You need to express, it's not when you die, it's over, it's over. It's important that you understand that. All right, next page. All right. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, after you die the one time, after this, 
the judgment. Hebrews 9, 27. The second death is eternal separation from God in the lake of fire. All right, can I get someone to read Revelation 20, 14, 15 right there in the book and death and hell? Someone to read that? Can I get someone on this side to read, please? Yep, Bev will do it. Okay. It's right there in the book. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. All right. And whosoever was not found in the book of life, thank you, Bev, was cast into the lake of fire. But the good news is, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's either whosoever in hell, whosoever in heaven. Now listen, if you're born once, you die twice. Write that down in your book. If you're born once, you die twice. You die physically and then you die spiritually in hell. If you're born twice, if you're born and born again, you live forever. Born and born again. Each one of us need to do that. Each one of us need to know that. Each one of us need to be able to share that with someone and teach those truths to those younger Christians that need it. Now, um, can I get someone to read the next one? Revelation 21, verse 8. Revelation 21, verse number 8. Someone to read that one. Yep, over here. Ruth will do that, please. And all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You see, there's, there's that second death and in hell. And all liars. Why is that important? Okay. How many, of a, how many times do you have to rob a bank to be a bank robber? Okay. How many people do you have to murder to be a murderer? Okay. How many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? How many of us are liars? Okay. You see what you're doing? You write these little things down. You teach this through to someone. There's no reason some of you parents couldn't go through this with your children even. Even your grown. All my kids have been through, through these booklets. They've gone through all of them at the table at home. Um, there's a pastor in Indiana. His name's John Wilkerson. He took a very large church in a city called Hammond, Indiana. A couple thousand, thousands of people, I should say. He has a Bible college there. When he became the pastor... He made every member go through these books. He made every Bible college professor go through these books. You understand? We miss discipleship. But this is going to root you and ground you and stabilize you. And when the feelings and the devil and the doubts come, and remember, it's not about you I'm talking. I'm talking indirectly to you, to that person you need to reach. Now, Adrian, you need to go through this. Eric, you need to go through this. Crystal, you need to go through this. Doug, you need to go through this. But hey, you've been saved longer than me. You need to give this to somebody else. You need, even if it's your kids, you need to do it with your wife. Go through these things. Get some structure and have some structure to these things, all right? We, uh, let's go to the next section, all right? How did God provide salvation? Section one, why do I need salvation? Because we're all on a sled ride straight to hell. But remember, you're not preaching. You're sharing over a cup of coffee and you're explaining. Number two, how did God provide salvation? Hallelujah, he sent his son. Amen. Can I get someone to read John 3.16? John 3.16. Can I get a volunteer to read John 3.16? Yes, where? Got it. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Chap John's Gospel, chapter 3. Chapter 3. 
chapter 3. I love brand new Christians. Amen? That's awesome. John chapter 3, verse 16. John's gospel. That's okay. That's okay. How many are glad new Christians want to participate? Some of you crusty critters need to get involved too. Say amen. Now, some of you have been saved for 10 years. Read the verse if you know where it is. Come on now. I'm going to start picking you guys, all right? I'm going to start picking. All right, Val, if I don't get a guy to read, I'm going to pick a man to read soon. All right, Val, go ahead and read. I need you to read John chapter 3, verse 16 when you're ready. For God's Mike, sake, microphone, guys. The world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not not perish but have everlasting life all right for god so loved the world you need to get expressed to people that god loves them god died for them not for us but for them write that down next to john 3 16 he died for you not for us i know it's true the collective i know technically it's the collective but a person's not going to fall in love with jesus christ until they realize that christ died for me you understand that it's important that people resonate with christ died for me all right so you know what crystal i'll give you a second chance see the book see where it says romans 5 8 why don't you read that one out loud for us okay romans 5 8 it's right there in the book if you got the little booklet i gave you it's uh next to the key on page three it says romans 5 8 but god Romans chapter 5, verse number 8 is in parentheses, but God commendeth. Page 3. But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, God commended his love toward us. Even while we're in sin. Even while we're a child of the devil, even when we're lost, God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's important that people learn that. Okay, letter A. It was Jesus the innocent who died for us, the guilty. It was Jesus the innocent who died for us, the guilty. All right, somebody to read 2 Corinthians 5.21. Okay, thanks, Jerry. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. There you just go. About to, just about to raise my hand. I know for you God hath, Good man. For God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. He hath made him to be sin. Do you understand? Jesus didn't put sin on him like you put your coat on. Jesus became sin. From inside, outside, through him, every bit of him became sin. The great creator became my savior he became my substitute and so it's important that people understand he who knew no sin actually became pure sin that's why god that's why jesus said my god my god why hast thou forsaken me yes with these verses i always make sure that i substitute us we us with the name of the person and when Excellent. they read it yes. with their name in it 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 just 
it draws the Holy Spirit when their name is in this verse. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Go ahead and do it. Do what you're explaining right now. For he hath made him to be sin for Bev, who knew no sin. Well, for he hath made him to be sin for Bev, who knew no sin, that Bev might be made the righteousness of God in him. In him. Do you see that? That's very powerful is to put the person's name, have the person read it. Listen, if I just stand up and teach you a lesson, that's good. That's one direction. But if you see me do it, that's a second uh, reinforcement. And that's also good. But if you participate, talk back, fill in the blanks, read the book, that reinforces the teaching. That reinforces the teaching. And eat, how many have ever, you have discipled someone in your life before you've actually done something like this not this material but something like this in your life okay put your hands up high i want to see how many folks have you have been the discipler not that you went through it but you taught someone okay one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve twelve that's twelve disciplers oh i like that number that's good okay go work with that all right twelve disciplers don't ever look at this as school this is not like going to public school. Don't look at this as, as, as laborious. Look at this as a blessing to be able to pour your life into someone else. Discipleship is not a book. Let me say this again. I cannot stress this. I heard this 30 years ago. It didn't make sense till I really got into the ministry. Discipleship is not a book. It's not a book. It is me pouring my time and my life into Bob, into Joe, into Frank, into Tom, into John, whoever that person is. And let me encourage you, you need to begin to pour yourself into somebody. There's somebody you can, you can work with, and you can disciple. But it's imperative that you go through some of the material. All right, page four. Top of the page, letter B, page four. Jesus was separated from God the Father, so we would be eternally separated, uh, so we would not be eternally separated from God the Father. Here again, Jesus saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Here, Jesus is is a prophecy of Jesus speaking on the cross in Psalms 22. He's saying, my God, my God, personal pronoun, you're my God. Why are you forsaking me? I'll tell you why. Look up here for a moment. I'll tell you why he's forsake, God is forsaking the son so that you could have a home in heaven. Teach that to them. Why? Why hast thou forsaken me? So that you can have a home in heaven. And you share that with the person as you disciple them. All right. Somebody to read uh, Matthew 27, 46. Who, what guy in the room will read? Thank you, sir. All right. Matthew 27, 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Mm. And the answer, of course, is that I could be saved and forgiven because somebody has to pay for my sin. All right, number two, on page four, number two. God offered sinful man the gift of eternal life. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, you could underline that. Underline that word through in your booklet. Underline that word through. The gift of God 
is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Buford, explain that verse like you'd explain it to someone that you're trying to teach the Bible or trying to get them saved. Yep. I'm trying to think of how I would explain it. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in order for you to obtain eternal life, you have to go through the Son. So you need to embrace Jesus Christ as your Savior in okay. order to have the gift of eternal life eternal life is is a person it's jesus christ so okay. you have to receive him as as the gift and what he did for you so jesus christ is the gift yes he is actually the gift all right explain elaborate on the word gift a little bit to help someone understand that the difference between daryl said wages now you're talking about a gift a gift isn't something that you earn it's something that's given to you can everyone hear him can you guys hear him over there it must just be my that. old ears, sorry. Say it again. A gift isn't something that you earn. It's something that's given to it's you. It's something it that is given. It doesn't cost you anything. It's free. Amen. So all you have to do is receive it. Absolutely. Just say, take it like a present. Say thank you. Amen. Well, you know, actually, you, you just have to believe and receive. Um, but, yeah, thank you would be gracefulness. That's right. Okay. So it's good for you to hear yourself and hear people say these things out loud, okay? And it will help you. A gift has to be free. All right. Page four, letter B at the bottom. A gift must be personally received. All right. Lowell, go ahead and, and do you have a book on you? No? All right. Get these guys to read. Read John 1, 12 out loud, please. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. All right. Lowell, you're, dealing, you're sitting at the table. You're sitting at Popeye's. <laughs> you're sitting at Popeye's. You're having lunch. You're going through the book with somebody. They just got saved. Okay, but as many as received him. Now, I'm asking you to think like I'm thinking right now. But as many as received him. What would be a good question to ask someone after you read the phrase, but as many as received him? What would be a good question for you to ask me as a new Christian? So what does that mean to receive? To receive. It's, it, as my question that I'm asking. Okay. What does it mean to receive? Well, it means you give me something. You give me something and I take it. Yes. It becomes mine. Okay. So another question would be to reinforce to the new Christian is what? Have you received? Have you received? You say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know all this. But how many have ever done it? How many have ever done this? Jonathan, I'm not talking to you yet, brother. Not yet. Just got saved a few months ago. But someday... Each one of us has to transfer into somebody else's life. You start with your kids. Yes, Sam. How many people? All right, let's get a mic on this real quick. How many people leave a Christmas present under the tree? They've received the present, okay. but they haven't taken it. Uh -huh. They haven't opened it. Uh -huh. And that's when you actually receive it. Aha. Uh -huh. So it's transference is when you pick it up and make it your own. Open it up and, and most likely use it. Okay, let, you know what? Let me encourage you right now, everyone, on page four, under the verse, under B, but as many as received him, underline the word received, and at the bottom right, story about a Christmas tree and a present. You'll remember that. Write down Christmas tree and present. You'll be able to explain that to someone when you're trying to disciple them. And by the way, you could use this to get someone saved also. Top of the page. Very good point, Sam. Did you, page five. Okay, what are the results of salvation? The penalty of our sin is removed. Gone, gone, gone. Yes, my wife is gone. 
she's in Nevada. Pray for me. I am bachelorizing it with my son, and uh, I miss her terribly. Uh, it's time for her to come home. All right, the pe- gone, gone, gone. Yes, my sins are gone. The penalty of our sin is removed. There is therefore now, page five, top of the page, key verse, there is now... Uh, there, there is therefore now no condemnation, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Write this down below that verse. Are you in Christ Jesus? Let me ask you by raising your hands. How many of you are in biblically, are in Christ Jesus? Raise your hand as a way of testimony. You are in Christ Jesus right here, right now at Victory Baptist Church. You are in Christ Jesus. All right, praise the Lord. Next question. How many of you have the Holy Spirit in you. Difference here. Do you see that thing? You are in Christ, but the Holy Spirit is in you. God is around you. God is in you. God is through you. God is everywhere. That is such a phenomenal truth. Man, get get a hold of this. And the exciting thing is don't just get it for yourself. Give it to somebody else that God is in you. All right. Uh, we, uh, what are the results of salvation? Number one, the penalty of our sin is removed. Number two, page five, number two, we are forgiven. Let's say that together, everyone. Ready? We are forgiven. Hallelujah. To be forgiven means the debt of our sin is canceled. God chooses our sins to remember our sins no more. All right. Let me get someone, let me get a man on this side of the room to read in the book page 5 Jeremiah 31:34 I just need you to read that phrase Jeremiah 31:34 it's right in the book somebody on this side raise your hand that bring Mike over and read that Jerry's got that read it right off the book Jerry if you would Jeremiah 31:34 For I will forgive their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more So Jerry if I hang on stay there guys so Jerry if I was trying to disciple you with the book at your house and we were at the kitchen table and I said I will forgive their iniquities. We could put your name in there. We could say, for I will forgive Jerry's iniquity. Do you know how that resonates with a brand? Adrian, brand new Christian. God has forgiven your iniquity. Do you understand that? Forever, brother. Your iniquity is gone. All right? And I will remember their sin no more. Jerry, God will remember your sin no more. No more. Okay, read the next verse, Jerry. First John one nine on the paper, page five. First John one nine. If if we confess our sins, he will faithfully and just uh, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When you got saved, Jerry, Jesus didn't just forgive the past. He didn't just forgive today. He forgave everything and every tomorrow for the rest of your life. And people need to know how big this salvation thing is because what does religion tell you? Trust God, be afraid, and if you blow it, you go to hell. Right? Isn't that what religion does? Trust God, be afraid, but if you blow it, you're still going to hell. Hey, that's not the Jesus of the Bible. That's the Jesus of fear. That's the Jesus of religion. So page five, what are the results of salvation? The penalty of our sin is removed. 
Hallelujah, we are forgiven. And number three on page five, we are born into God's family. We are born into God's family. Let's read John 3, 7 at the bottom of page five. Everyone together, ready? Marvel not. Ye must be born again. One more time. Marvel not. I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Someone on this side, explain to me if you'll take the mic, and I want someone to teach me, ye must be born again versus you should be born again. Ye must be born again. What would be the difference if the Bible said ye should be born again? Can someone explain that to me? Raise your hand and explain that to me. Okay, I want to see if I can get someone else involved. Did you kind of chickenly kind of put your hand up? That's okay. All right, try again. All right. What's the difference between must be born again and if the Bible, it doesn't say, but you should. You should or you must. Okay, so must is something that you have to believe it wholeheartedly and have conviction and know that Jesus died for my personal sins in order to go to heaven. Okay. Should is, well, I kind of think that he died for my sins or maybe he died for everybody's sins depending on what religion you're from or had in the past. Um, but should is kind of wishy-washy must is conviction no choice no choice all right as a mom now you're sitting across from a lady and you're trying to teach someone as a mom you teach them you say okay explain the analogy of, of your daughter you must clean your room or you should clean your room you must clean your room or you're going to be punished as in go to eternal hell or you should <laughs> clean your room <laughs> that's heavy duty religion right there <laughs> Or you should clean your room, but there might not be consequences if you don't do it. Right, it's optional. It's like, okay, if I say to my daughters, you should probably clean your room. Their room's clean. I look at my son or my other son. I say, you should clean your room. It'll never be cleaned. Anyway, so anyway, moving right along. Okay, you must be born again. Jesus says you have to do this. It's imperative that you do this. There's no option in doing this. It must be done. All right, page number six. Go to page six. Trusting Christ made us a child of God. We now have an eternal relationship with God the Father. Once you are born into God's family, you cannot be unborn from it. Underline that phrase if you have a pen in your book. Once you are born into God's family, you cannot, 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 and it makes me angry because so many people live in fear and so many people are false teachers. You cannot be unborn from it. You cannot. Okay. I have a son up in the uh, audiovisual desk. He has my genes in him. You understand? We use the word now DNA, but it used to be genes. He can change his name. He can change his world. He can run away. He can deny my name. He can hate me and scour me. But do you understand? My genes are inside of him. And I don't mean Levi's and Calvin Klein, okay? Right? You're with me? But when you get saved, you are, watch this, it's not your genes, it's your father's regeneration. Regeneration. Regeneration generation regeneration you have jesus's genes in you spiritually hallelujah you can shave your head and change your name it doesn't it doesn't change who you are in the family 
affects the relationship. Okay, what happens after salvation? Number one, we follow Jesus on page six. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. We allow him to direct our attitudes, actions, and associations. Number one, we follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Number two, we obey Jesus. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments and we find out what he wants us to do and then we do it. Find God's will and do it. Let's say that, ready? Find God's will and do it. Just do it like the Nike commercial. Find God's will and do it. And that is an imperative lesson for you and I to learn is to live and to love the Lord. Okay, does anyone, we still have a couple minutes. Does anyone have a question or a comment to help out? I can get a mic over by Denise. Buford, guys, stay on your toes. We're not done. We still got a few more minutes here. All right, yes. I was speaking with somebody one time um, and they said, well, I've become a Christian and I believe just like you had said that once forgiven, all our sins, past, present, future, they're gone. And she said, well, so then why do I have to keep asking him for forgiveness for things? And I explained to her um, that that is because, like, if I'm, I'm a Christian, but if I sin, I break fellowship with God. And so if I confess to him, oh, you know, I, I lost my temper today, Lord, you know, I'm sorry for disappointing you today or whatever. It's because I want to restore my fellowship right. with him. Not that I'm getting re-saved. Right. And not your membership, yeah. your fellowship. Not your membership, your uh, relationship you want to restore. And by the way, you write this down. If everyone heard that question, another answer is, so you're saying we have a license to sin. No, 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 no. You can't lose your soul in hell. But I've said this a thousand times since I've been here. You can, number one, you can lose your health. You can lose your uh, money. You can lose your family. You can lose your mind but you can't lose your soul in hell once you get saved. Who wants to go through life losing their health, their family, their mind, their family, whatever it may be, because we choose to live wickedly and sinfully? Yes. Mike, over here real quick. To follow up on your analogy with your son, we don't lose our sonship. Yes. But we want to keep our friendship or whatever word you want to use. Exactly. I want my dad to love me. I want, right. And, and, well, not my dad to love me, but to give me candy. <laughs> <laughs> we, want, we want that fellowship. Parents can, you know, you can run, the kid can run and say, I hate my family, I hate my family. They're still the child of that person. They have a bad relationship, not a family membership. Do you understand the difference? It's so important that you understand this. It's so important that you can help people. Where, what, yes, right here. Hold on, wait for the mic, please. Can you explain the difference between iniquity and sin in Jeremiah? Oh, I knew somebody was going to catch me on the back foot today. Um, all right. I have preached this before. Everything you think, say, or do that is not of faith is a sin. Do we all understand the basic on that one? Okay. Hey, listen. If I eat without praying, in my opinion, that's a sin. If I... Uh, uh, preach without uh, studying and praying, that's a sin. Iniquity is open sin. It's often referred to in the Bible as public sin, things that we 
openly see we see a man beating another man on the street that's iniquity in society and and the man doing the beating is causing the public iniquity we see a woman or a, or a man involved in prostitution openly we see pornography in society these are societal iniquities does anyone have an elaboration on iniquity Buford you got anything or anyone else want to expand on iniquity iniquity the differentiation between iniquity and sin that's my understanding. So go ahead, Mike, over here. That's my understanding of the is between the two. I, I heard somebody explain iniquity was when we know something is wrong, we know God hates it, we don't care, we still do it. Hmm. That's pretty powerful. A conscious choice of in, is iniquities. Okay, I, I will come back to you on that. I, you're probably right. I prob we get a mic up here. This good, good interaction, good feedback tonight, today, to sometime. Yes. Uh, if I could just go back to De Denise's thing there, okay. uh, not to split hairs or something, but maybe hopefully adding to it. But um, when the lady was asking, why do I got to keep asking forgiveness? It's, it, when you look at Scripture, it doesn't tell you to keep asking forgiveness. We need to confess our sins. They've all been forgiven. Right. When, right when you trust the Lord, they've all been forgiven, past, present, future. Even even Denise's example, when what she did was confess, she did not go further and say, "Please forgive me." It's all been forgiven, but he, Scripture tells us we need to confess her, since you gotta humble yourself and yes, take accountability have, of yes, it. Yes, yes. So that's I'm just that's what I would be expecting. Yes, and and that also helps our relationship. Not whether we're going to heaven or hell, but relationship. Yep, last one, and we're going to wrap it up. We need to take a break before church so folks can stand and stretch and say hello. It, we, we need to know what's wrong, and we need to um, not, sorry, we need to know what's wrong and yet still do it, but it's not just still doing it, it's teaching others to do wrong. Okay. There's a place in the Bible where, where it yes. talks about you didn't just do it wrong. You, told, you taught others to do it wrong. To others to do it wrong. So you're saying impl you're implying towards iniquity. Is that? Yeah, the yes. Not, hey, listen, I'm not only happy robbing banks. I'm going to teach you to be a bank robber with me, and we're going to destroy society. 